friends and adventurers, welcome to the MinMax Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. And now I want to do something that I have not done before, and that is issue a spoiler warning. If you have not listened to episode 28, entitled, Fuck, then go do so, because there be spoilers ahead. Go on, go listen to episode 28, go on. All right, so hopefully everybody left has either listened to episode 28 or is a rebel who doesn't care about spoilers. When we decided to coincide the release of this podcast with Paizo's Pathfinder 2nd Edition, we did so not only wanting to create some fun adventures, but also hopefully be able to help people learn this new system. In addition to that, we wanted to look at ourselves as tabletop RPG ambassadors, encouraging everyone to take part in these games that we love so much, and also, if we were lucky, maybe help people see what a successful tabletop RPG can look like, or at least does for us. Because I promise you, what you hear is really and truly just us sitting down and playing. It sounds exactly the same being recorded as it did for all the years that we didn't record it. With that in mind, one of the more difficult things to deal with in tabletop RPGs as both a player and a dungeon master or game master is character death. And if you've listened to episode 28, then you know that two characters just died. So to start this episode out with, Tyler, Ted, and myself sat down to talk a little bit about character death and how to handle it from both perspectives. And we start with Ted. Yeah, um, so Tyler finally did it. He killed me. Finally, he hadn't before. Yeah, what a dick. It's a um, first for me. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, character death is, it's tough. I mean, you get attached to characters playing them for so long. Um, but it's also a good opportunity. I mean, we're close to finishing book one at this point, And we've definitely realized there's some gaps in our composition, in our group. So it's a chance to really pick up on those gaps. You know, try to even out the party better. Um, Looking forward to playing my new character for that reason. But uh, Tyler's still a dick. He killed my character. Uh, (laughs) To be honest, I'm not 100% happy about it. I like Savatri. I was really looking forward to playing her. But like I said, it's an opportunity to try something different. Is anybody 100% happy about their character dying? It's uh, for Savatri, unlike for Kestrel, which I want David to talk about. And I'm curious to hear what he says about it. Savatri went from, what, 75% health to dead in less than one round? Yeah. I mean, between... It felt felt cheap and quick. Like, I didn't really have a lasting death. It was just like, boom, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Fall damage, critical hit from the Aether Spider, failing the fortitude save on the poison. It was just the perfect storm for a one-turn death. Which I didn't honestly think was even possible in Pathfinder 2e with with the death rules it has it it definitely uh, highlights the potency of like poisons which well and like after effects yeah Yeah, like anything that persistent damage persistent damage is huge it definitely adds a level of viability to like a poisoner that like I tried to make make a poisoner I've tried to make two poisoners in first edition it just doesn't really work particularly past like level five but in Pathfinder, it can happen because you see just how deadly they are in uh, killing things. Yeah, I mean, I went dying three in one turn. Yeah. One in, in one act or one um, round. Hit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One hit. Yeah, essentially. 
Yeah, you know, losing Kestrel is definitely sad. I, I was quite attached to him as far as an RP perspective goes. Definitely the character build was not working out as well as I'd hoped. I thought, ah, oh, it'll be fine that he only has one static damage. Eh, whatever. Nah, it, it wasn't fine. He was dealing well less damage than Moonlight, who was just using one spell, telekinetic projectile. So as a combatant, Kestrel, I mean, he was good at not dying at first. Uh, and being a sponge, but he was really not contributing to the group. I think with the characters that we're going to be introducing today, we'll see a, a much different group dynamic as Ted was alluding to. But for me, when a character dies, or I think for this whole group, all of us love building characters and having new character concepts to try. And so to us, it maybe doesn't hit as hard when we have to make a new character most of the time. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, from my perspective, that's, I mean, I have a completely different perspective on it, obviously, um, especially when I'm talking about this group. Anybody here who's done rules lawyer for me at all on the table can sense it most likely that I, I want to go easier on people that I don't know as well. Sure. But I, I also know that a lot of the, a lot of the fun of this particular system is the intrinsic danger of it that there is danger to it right and it's real like if you're not careful shit goes south real fast yeah and i'm with you on that and i think that's another really important thing to talk about just from running a successful game as a dm you've got to know that party that you're with and know the characters and even know where you're at in story i think if we if we haven't announced this i'll cut this part out but we are soon going to be launching another game, a Starfinder game. And in that game, I'm going to be real, as the DM, I fudged something a little bit to make sure that two of the characters didn't die because they were about to die. And, uh, and part of that is that that game I'm running is a homebrew. That's me just figuring everything out myself. And I think a lot of people run homebrews. Uh, probably more people run homebrews than the adventure paths, which is this group's typical thing that we do. And so when I'm running a homebrew and I'm all about to kill two players, my initial thought is, I fucked this encounter up. Like, I did not calculate this correctly in my head. And, and I'm fine admitting that to myself and maybe scaling things back a little bit mid-flow to not kill off characters when I shouldn't be if they're not making terrible decisions and uh, doing dumb things. Whereas with an AP and what min-maxed, what we do is, you know, just really stick to the rules and the mechanics. If you're killing somebody in that, I mean, you're talking about amazing game designers and this is their job. They've created these encounters with just, maybe we've seen just a few little exceptions where it didn't feel right, but they've created them to be the right level and to be the right challenge. And I think when it comes to the, the adventure path design, especially that philosophy of 2E from what we've seen so far between Fall of Plague Stone and even like session one of Extinction Curse was in by all uh, intents and purposes brutal. I kind of have that luxury of knowing that the adventure is structured by the people who wrote the game to be able to have the leeway to say, well, that's where we're at. Sorry. Right. Yeah, and, and I, that's one of the things I love about the adventure paths is because, you know, I've been playing this game in its different iterations for 20 years, and I think I'm decent at it, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely still going to fuck things up and 
make things that are a challenge rating that they shouldn't have been. And having an AP is nice. That's why, I, that's one of the reasons I love APs is because you can trust that they're gonna create this great gaming experience for you. I agree with you on that. And even, I know Ted, you ran some games in the past. Like uh, you, you ran Mummy's Mask for a while. Yeah, I've run Mummy's Mask and I've done Rise of the Lords a couple times. Have you killed any characters before? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you uh, feel about it? Mixed. Because to be honest, there's a few <laughs> members of uh, one of my parties that I didn't like very much, and I did kill them personally. So I, I feel like that's that's what a bad DM would do. Like, no, I'm a bad DM. Don't don't ever <laughs> let me run a game for you. <laughs> don't, don't, do, um, don't do that. <laughs> and don't be me. Don't don't be that that GM that will purposefully kills <laughs> members characters. Like, it's a dick move. <laughs> that's all about the table. It is yeah. what the table's like for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually killed one of my players that I liked um, one of their characters. I, I'll fudge it sometimes because a lot of my players love their characters. Like, I, I just don't want to do that to them. And I think that's a great thing to call out. I, it, it, in my mind, for a long time, you know, after you understand being a DM at its at its core, I think the best piece of advice to a DM, a new DM, and and sometimes DMs who are not new is the role of dungeon master or game master is not to be the adversary of your players. It's to be the facilitator of their grand adventure. And, and I think that's a super important thing for a, a game master to understand and, and to cultivate. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, me. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Savatri's grand adventure. Oh. Yeah, me. That's, that's, part, that's partly my style too. Oh yeah, you know, no, it definitely is. Like you're you know, not out there just trying to kill us. No, I I do feel bad about it, uh, but oh, I yeah. I like I like to make you guys forget that I feel bad about it because uh, again, for me, I love providing that danger to a bunch of min maxers. You know what I mean? And that's that's what it was about when I was a first edition DM. And now that I've been playing with you guys for so long, I feel like we're we can all handle these things well together. You know that I don't actually dislike any of you guys. That's just our table dynamic. That's what we discovered in our, you know, session zero, if you will. The social contract? Yeah, I was going to try to, I was avoiding saying <laughs> Avoiding it. saying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a joke to all of us now. We hate our session zero episode, but we haven't taken it down because it's got a lot of listens. So I guess people are listening to it, but we, we all hate it. <laughs> Okay, you guys have gotten way off topic. Here. We have gotten way <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. And um, I'll call it. But I have, I have to, I have to agree that the session zero, while we we hate it, it's also got a lot of good information in it. Yeah, it does. That's true. It's just awkwardly delivered. And but Tyler, yeah, that Tyler was... was drunk on social contract that night. I was. <laughs> yeah, that was it. We just wanted to sit down and talk a little bit about character deaths and how to manage them, like we said, from both a player and a, and a game master perspective. Uh, Ted and I, I know, are both, of course, sad to lose those characters, but also equally excited, if not even more so, for the new characters that we're going to be bringing in and introducing right now.
So what we're going to do is we're going to go from you guys leaving the tower back to the circus camp, which is that spot in between Aberton and Eskadar that you told the professor about. So the whole tower is quiet on your exit. It's Jebediah, Turtle, Moonlight, and the Slurk. Takes you guys six hours to travel back. We're sad. Everybody's sad. Yeah, I mean, well, you're not sad. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Moonlight would be riding the Slurk and just probably reflecting on the fact that you know. We just got our asses kicked. Yeah, we got our asses kicked. Kestrel and Savatri's dead. Jeb could very well have been dead also. Moonlight was probably pretty pretty scared that that was what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I want to know what Jeb and Moonlight talk about on the way back. I probably don't talk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I mean, if Jeb doesn't say anything, Moonlight, like I said, it just gives Moonlight more time to reflect on what just happened, how close they were to losing everybody in the party. Because, I mean, I, I feel like where I was at, I was probably pretty safe and probably could have gotten away. Like, what? what is Moonlight thinking right now? I mean, they're hurting. They're pretty pissed off at the fact that they just lost two, two friends. I mean, Moonlight doesn't really necessarily call them that very often, but he, they, they would consider them friends. I really felt helpless to do anything. Like, I wasn't, I couldn't help them. I wasn't strong enough to defeat this creature. And again, like, you know, Colossus Jeb, the person that saved Moonlight from the Celestial Menagerie. So. Yeah, it was lots of stuff going through their brain. What about Jeb? What does Jebediah think right now? He's probably more just disappointed in himself. He couldn't save his friends. He was swallowed by a cube for five rounds and couldn't make a measly athletics check <laughs> to escape and save everyone. His turtle rolled better. I mean, his tiger. I mean, that's his thing. Like, he saves people, he saves Moonlight, and then he just... You save, you save all the animals? I save all the animals, but I couldn't save the animals that matter. <laughs> such a druid thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> the two humans. Sorry, one of them was a half-elf. Actually, one was an elf and one was a half-elf. Was oh, that what it was? <laughs> yeah. That's how much I cared about you two? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like I said, yeah, just... Kinda more so just beating himself up. Turtle so you've got you've got two brooding people. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. We're not like angry for revenge right now. We're just we need to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk to someone, but we're too afraid to talk to each other. Wow, that's fucking deep right there. No, that's that's really appropriate. All right, well, six hours back. We're gonna pull away from the brooding pair and go into a tent that has 
two clowns sitting in it, oblivious to the pair that we pulled away from sorrow. One's a, a large man, a very large man, wearing sad clown makeup. The other one is a small, scrawny man at a desk next to what looks like a communal alchemy set. He's brewing up something. The big man knows what it is. The little one looks back at the, the larger one as he's sitting at the end of his bed, making the bed dip from his weight. Hey, Peach Pie. Yes, Bubbles. How long do you think we're going to wait here? I don't know however long it takes, I suppose. It's a good thing that we scrounged up as much gold as we could have from Babberton and afford this alchemy set. Now I finally get to make some good drugs. Yes, and I have my new little friend, Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. The thing's annoying. Well, Bubbles, I have to say, I don't quite like your... <clears throat> delving into this illegal and illicit task that you're doing. I'm sorry that that offends you. Ah, mind your own business, Rainbow. I shall indeed. I don't know why we put up with him. He's really not a good person. I know, Bernard, but he's my friend. But I'll be your friend. Yes, I know. Thank you for that, Bernard. I think we could be good friends. Eventually. Ah, uh, if you, you want to go make friends, then go talk to the other performers. I don't, I don't need you in here while I'm making my special concoction. Yes. How about we go for a walk, Peach Pie? I think that would be very good. Some fresh air. Peach Pie, who is a large clown, as you described, with a small squirrel on his shoulder that is tremendously rainbow-colored. They get up, oh, and also has been talking to him, and is named Bernard. They get up, and they walk out of the tent. You see in front of you not the same grounds with the familiar stream cutting the camp as you had been camped at Aberton for many months. There's rolling plains, sparse outcropping of trees here and there, the main thoroughfare nearby. Aren't a lot of travelers on this road right now, but the occasional merchant's caravan will pass by and some guards will come through and talk to some of the performers. The performers use it as an opportunity to, you know, show off their skills to a crowd um, and maybe make a little copper or silver on the side. But they've been waiting for not too long, about a day, day and a half since they've arrived. And they've set up a temporary camp, so the big top isn't up. And the professor's walking by, Peach Pie. Hello, Peach Pie. How are you today? Miserable as always. But that doesn't mean it's any worse of a day than normal. You really must spend more time with happier people than Bubbles. Perhaps spend some time or try to spend some time with Kestrel or or moonlight when they return. Maybe when they get back, I'll seek out their company. But normally, I like to just be alone. Yeah, well, then if that's the case, I'll, I'll leave you. There's a strange old man who's 
come to the circus looking for Savatri and Kestrel. I need to go see what he's all about. Well, that sounds interesting. Mind if we tag along? He eyes the uh, rainbow squirrel, right? Yes, rainbow squirrel. Uh, on your shoulder, and he says, Sure, Peach Pie, sure, come, come, come along. Peach Pie follows. He leads you through next to what is Savatri's wagon at this point. It used to be Myron's wagon, but it's the most colorful and probably the best kept of the wagons. And uh, in front of that wagon, there is... So you see a elf sitting and just smoking a pipe. He's about six foot three, silver hair, wears a big green robe, and just looks like he's contemplating life. He looks really baked. <laughs> so is this, elf, is this elf just Ted then? More or less. <laughs> six foot three, really baked. Hanging out, smoking a pipe, staring off into the space. And uh, the professor will walk up to him. He goes, "Hi, hello. Uh, how 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 can we help you? Is there something that that maybe the circus could assist with that Kestrel and Savatri may not be able to assist you with? They aren't here. We do not know what to expect them back. We will wait for a week for them before moving on to Eskadar. Oh, that's cool. But they're coming back here at some point, though, right?" That's the idea. They did indicate that what they were doing was very dangerous, so they told us if we hadn't seen them in a week to assume that they had not survived their journey. I guess I can just hang out here for the week. Okay. What's what's your name, sir? I, I don't really have a name. I don't see a point to them. My name is the professor. This is Peach Pie, and Peach Pie's little friends, I still don't know his name. Hello, my name is Bernard, says the rainbow squirrel wearing wire rim glasses. Yeah, yes, Bernard. Uh, you have a thing that people call you? If you don't, maybe you certainly seem like just a wizard of some kind. Study the arcane? Do you have a spell book at your hip? It looks like you do. Yeah, I can cast some magic. We've been around the world enough to know one when I see one. Well, fine. I'll just call you the wizard if you're not going to tell me what your name is. It's okay. That works. That's what Kestrel called me. Oh, well, good. Then, the wizard it is. Um. Where'd they go? Well... And they were going to a place called, they called it the Aaron Tower, to try to save the failing Aeon Orb that orbits it. I don't fully understand, really. Uh, I, I turn around and just start walking away like while, you're ta- of- while you're talking. Okay. I just start oh. wandering off, staring at the trees. Uh, oh, oh, okay, well. Professor looks back over at Peach Pie and goes, Well, I guess we have a, a new face for a little while. So, Jeb, Moonlight, you're on your way back. 
it takes a couple of hours to get back to the camp, but you do see the mill of all the performers nearby. Looks like near a big fire pit where they're sitting around on upended logs. Everybody's enjoying the evening meal. I would imagine that'd be roughly the time you guys would get back. Is there anything that you want to do specifically on the approach? How would you like to approach? Uh, Jeb, I know we haven't said anything on the trip back. I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. To, to face all these people, to tell them, to tell them that they died, that we well, couldn't save them. That spider was huge. I'm gonna greatly exaggerate the size of this spider. I mean, the spider was. I mean, it was already. It was, it was really freaking big, big spider. spider. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah, neither one of us are like eager to like speak to these people. I suppose today or tomorrow isn't gonna make it any easier. Maybe we should just get it out of the way. So I guess with that, moonlight starts. <laughs> Moonlight's gonna dismount off the slurk and start walking towards the camp. The first one to notice you to get back into camp. There's a, a dog that comes up. It runs up to you. It's a beagle. And uh, he looks up at Jebediah and, and Moonlight and addresses Moonlight. Uh, Moonlight, welcome back to the camp. What's this dog's name again? Cubby. It's Tailswagon. Well, hello, Cubby. Good to see a familiar face again. Yes. I know yes. it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it. Uh oh. What? Where's Kestrel? Where's Kestrel and Savatri? About that. Um, I can. Can you get everybody gathered? <laughs> this spell makes me uneasy, but yes, I will gather everybody. Cubby lopes away uh, with his tail down markedly and his nose twitching and he kind of runs over to the professor who's one of the closer ones to the middle of the fire here where everybody's eating and uh, he stands up and his upper half is over everybody else as they're sitting down for their meal and he sees Moonlight and Jeb and the melancholy is obvious on their faces and his eyes go sad his mouth turns down and you can see it kind of quiver a bit and then everybody else all at once stands up and looks back towards Jeb and Moonlight well Jeb uh, speaks to everyone and talks about how some crazy obituary about what's the word speak eulogy Eulogy. There you go. Good, good call. How our folks met their final act. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and if I was a prepared person, it would be better than just me stating final act. But so after Jeb says a few words, Moonlight will look up at everybody. And I'm, I'm sorry that I couldn't have been a better leader. We. uh we were not expecting things to go as they did, obviously. It is uh, hard to think about right now. We're not, I'm not really sure what even to say. They, 
they put their all into it. Sabatri might not have been the uh, most pleasant person, but we all still loved her. And Kestrel, well, he was certainly the life of the party every time. And with that, everybody around simultaneously. Here, here. Peach Pie rises from his seat and he walks over to Moonlight and just gives Moonlight a big hug. What's the physique of Peach Pie? Like, so how big is he? Yeah, like Huge. a seven He's foot tall. Like... Maybe not quite seven feet, but I'm thinking like six six to six eight, something like that. You're, you're almost literally three times <laughs> the, the height of Moonlight. He stoops so you pick over him up, and yeah. picks Moonlight up. Ellie, <laughs> okay, Moonlight, we're here for you and Jeb. The Hickburns are pretty tall dwarves, and they're pretty intimidated by this six-foot-tall <laughs> clown. Uh, Ellie comes running through the crowd and smothers Jebediah in a hug, and just says, "I'm so sorry." I'm oh so yeah, he sorry. breaks. He breaks, and probably leaves. Wiz, you get back from an evening walk, and everybody's crying around the fire. Bernard leans over to Peach Pie and says, "You know, Peach Pie." You're rather good with that hammer, and your alchemy is improving as well. You could offer your services to Moonlight and Jeb, and you could become a hero. Do you really think that I could be a hero? Yes, you could be a hero, Peach Pie. You should go and talk to them. You can be an adventurer. Wouldn't that be nice? It at least would be different. Seed planted. I love, I love it. <laughs> it's not just me talking to myself anymore. Now David's talking to himself too. It's gonna be a ride. <laughs> uh, I feel like the whiz rolling up would, would hear someone mention that Kestrel and Sebastian are dead. They'd run over to whoever said it and what happened? Walk up to one of the Dwarven throwers. Ah. Maybe talk to Moonlight, your best call. Who's Moonlight? The, the, the small bush. The one that talks. You, you want me to go talk to a bush? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. He points. The, he points. The, the, the bush is going to talk back to me? I, on most days, I don't know. They could be really broken up right now. So I won't speak for them. Yeah, I'll go talk to this bush. That's, that sounds fun. I just start slowly shuffling my way towards the tree. <laughs> it's, it's not moonlight. It's just some random tree. <laughs> I just like, what happened to Kestrel and Savatri? Seeing this for just a moment, Peach Pie will walk up to this new face and say, uh, friend, that's just a bush. Yeah, this bush is supposed to talk. No, that's Moonlight. They're over there. And he'll, like, grab the wizard by the shoulders and point him in the direction of Moonlight. Oh. Thanks, friend. Nice to meet you. I start shuffling my way towards Moonlight. Hey. Wave. Hello. I don't think I know you. Oh, you do talk. Cool. Uh, yes. Cool. <laughs> you know Kestrel? Uh, yes. Do you? 
Yeah. Where is he? You might want to sit down. Okay. He... Kestrel was taken away by a giant spider. Yeah, it sounds like him. As in... to be eaten. He's... he's dead. How sure are you? Well, the last time I saw it, he was shifting into the ethereal plane, so pretty sure. Man, I've always wanted to go there. <laughs> That's what you're taking yeah. out of this? I want to go there. The ethereal plane? You want to go to the ethereal plane? Sounds interesting. I mean, I guess you're probably right. <laughs> so where's Savatri? Wait, are you saying Kestrel's dead? I, I did just say Kestrel's dead, yes. And so is Savatri. Well, can I, I go hang out with them still? I'm not sure you're understanding the word dead. Would, would you take me there tomorrow? To see the giant person killing ethereal plane shifting spider. Yeah. Sounds, sounds interesting. Can I do a knowledge check of some sort to see if I know what kind of spider they're talking about? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would it be? But- I think for this one, I'm going to have you do... I guess it would be either arcane or occultism. Ah, it is occultism. Oh. Roll, and... roll a 16, got a 26. 26 is enough. An ether spider is a large beast that is very, very literally just a large spider. It's not... doesn't. It just looks like a, a large tarantula. Like eight, 8 to 10 feet tall, spits this very interesting webbing that exists in both of the material and ethereal planes they're just hunters they're not evil creatures and it just sits there and waits in the ethereal plane you can see 60 feet around where that spot is into the material plane and waits for prey Wiz pulls out a pipe from his walking stick staff and uh, starts smoking the pipe ether spider I've always wanted to see one. Okay. So you're taking me tomorrow, right? I don't know that the two of us would be strong enough to go back there. What, what about that big guy that picked me up and pointed me in your direction? He seemed nice. Peach Pie? Yeah. He's, I don't, I don't he's know nice. what his name is. It's he's got, Peach Pie. He's, he's got a cute little squirrel, too. Peach Pie gets a 19 perception check. Does he hear them speaking? Then, uh, yeah. Yeah, Peach Pie, you'd be able to hear that. Peach How Pie... recently did Peach Pie get this squirrel? Very recently. At level four. <laughs> well, I mean, like, has Moonlight and Jeb ever seen it before? Mm, he never talked about it before, but I didn't know that this was how I was going to build the character. Let's say no. Let's say Bernard is new. I would say Bernard's new, especially considering that Moonlight has been extraordinarily busy during all of this time. We certainly haven't had a show recently that we might have seen it at, so... It makes sense that he'd be new because Bernard's going to be Peach Pie's motivating force to go out and do things. So that's why Peach Pie's becoming an adventurer. Peach Pie hears you two talking about 
going back to the cave and walks over to you. Moonlight, I heard you two talking just now that you might need help returning to the Tower of Aaron. I'd like to offer my services as a adventuring hero. A, a hero? I right. don't know that any of us are heroes. Well, you and Jeb and Kestrel, kind of subvoltry, have been heroes to me. Oh, well, thank you. So, what do you do that you think you could help us? I know that I seem to give the impression that I'm often very sad. Which is yes. true. Really, I can hit things with this Hummer quite hard. It's like I'm flying into a rage, as it were. Also, I have some skill in alchemy. That's right, that's where I came from. Alchemy? Never had anybody that knows how to do that before. <laughs> like ever. <laughs> Those things certainly seem like they could be useful in a hero. So, can I come with you back to the tower? I'm not even sure I want to go back to the tower yet. Oh. Well, if you do, let me know. And me. Let yes. us know. Um, I think I might need to talk to Jeb about this. Of course. And what was your name again, sir? What? Your, your, your name. Now I have one. So... When I want to get your attention, what should I say? Hey, you? That, that, that works. Well, let me go talk to Jeb. See what he's thinking. And Moonlight will go to Jeb. They want a what? <laughs> yep. You heard me. They want to go back. Or they want us to go back. And the one seemed excited? I'm oh. not sure the one is all there. <laughs> uh, he's staring off into like, just space, staring straight up to the sky. Doesn't know what the fuck's happening. And what's... I get Peach Pie's motivation, but what's No Name's motivation? He thinks it would be cool? <laughs> it sounds dope. I don't know, he was asking about Kestrel and Savatri. I guess we didn't really get into is why. Ted's character among us or within range? Yeah, but he's still staring off into space. Doesn't know what the fuck's happening. Alright, I, I shake him. Uh, hey, man. How's it going? I hear you're interested in a giant spider. Yeah, you're coming with us? I mean, you'd be coming with me. I'm coming with you? I mean, if we chose to do that, you realize it murdered two of my friends. Yeah, they, they were my friends, too. 
Both of them? Yeah. How'd you know him? Uh, I used to travel around with Kestrel some, and he introduced me to Sabatri. Huh. Jeb, what is your reaction? Uh, what is my reaction to these two people? That, well, one person that I don't know and one person that I've had fair enough contact with to wanting to go back to the place that I was nearly murdered? Hesitant is my reaction. I do want a revenge, I guess, but to have revenge on a space spider is kind of a weird thing. <laughs> but I'm definitely still attached to the, con not contract, but the idea that I want to clear that place out. Who asked us to do this? This is the guy at the Hermitage, right? Yes, it was Harlock. Yeah, Harlock. Yeah. But I need to tell these guys that I need, I need a knight. I'll do whatever I can to help around at the camp, make sure provisions are good and everything, but my ego is shattered and I am shattered myself, so I'm actually gonna go hang out with the bear. Bardol. Absolutely. I don't want to be around humans at the moment. Moonlight, for the remainder of the night, what would you like to do? Have a drink for Kestrel. <laughs> Moonlight will have a drink with everybody. Like, Moonlight's not super religious, but knowing Kestrel, they will do what Kestrel always did and pour, pour a little bit out for... The dead homies? For... Well, I think it was just you poured some out for Caden. Oh, it's like a prayer for a Caden night. So they will do that and then head off to be alone. The performers purposefully found a camp next to a copse of trees. Nobody really says anything to you beyond the solemn head nod or the sorry, Moonlight, as people pass you in the camp. But once you head to the trees for the night, they'll leave you alone. So everybody finishes out their day. The morning comes. It's a chilly morning, overcast sky, it's gray. And the professor comes by with a pot of coffee. He stops by moonlight and where Jebediah are. Miss Jebediah, would you like some coffee? Why, thank you. And he looks over at Moonlight and says, uh, So, what are you going to do now? Well, I suppose the job is not done. And if we are to be the heroes that people keep saying we are, we uh, probably need to go back to the tower. Uh, okay. What should the circus do? Should we continue the same timetable we had put out, or... Should we wait longer for you? A week from now? Uh, let's have you wait eight days. It's about a day's journey just traveling, so... Okay. Well, we could certainly wait for eight more days. We may be able to put up the tent and see if we can just perform for some travelers. Get their attention and pull in some coin. Okay. Yes, if you notice a lot of travelers in the next day or two, perhaps that would work. Well, I wish you all the best of luck. Are you just Jeb and yourself going? No. The wizard, I guess? Oh, I that know. guy. I don't know what his name is. No, I, he doesn't know what his name is. 
He probably smoked it away at some point 50 to 60 years ago. He seems to know Kestrel and Savatri. Like to go see the spider. That's weird about the spider part of it, but he did mention wanting to see Kestrel and Savatri both. Well, and Peachfy has offered to become a adventuring hero as well. The professor kind of cocks his eyebrow and goes, Peach Pie? He was just Don't telling ask me. me. <laughs> no more than than ten hours ago how miserable he was. Well, I guess good for him for trying new things. Well, that does make me a little worried about the fact that he's doing this because he thinks he might die, but... Eh, I hope that's not the case. Ah, uh, I don't know what to say other than may Caden Kalian guide you. Well, we may need more than just him. I don't really know what deities you might worship, but don't. I don't really have one, but at this point we can use anyone that wants to help us. That is fair. If that's Caden Kalian looking out for us after losing a follower, or Savatri's god, the Wasp Queen, or whatever her name was. Yes, Gunistria. Well, who may or may not have a book plug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, that does seem on point, doesn't it? Well, I, I must say it's strange not to have uh, bodies to bury. If you find them, in whatever condition they may be in, they would want to be buried on the road. Well, we will see what we find, I guess. Please stay safe, Moonlight. Thank you, Professor. We're going to go over to Bubbles and Peach Pie's tent. In the morning, Peach Pie has out his alchemist's lab, and he is crafting the potions that he will have, or the elixirs, or the palms, those different things that he will have for the day. Bubbles come up behind you and go, Look, Pe- Peach Pie, I know... We kind of share the the alchemy set here, but if you're going to take it with you, would you at least let me make a dose of my stuff before you go? In fact, you could just leave it behind, right? Yeah, Bubbles. And I pull out, like, every ounce of gold that I've made as being part of the circus, and I hand it to him, and I say... Go get yourself a new one. I'm going to take this one. His eyebrows kind of shoot up in surprise for a moment, and then they narrow down. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I can do that. This looks like exactly how much it's going to cost for me to get one of those. Yeah, don't expect any change back. I wouldn't. That's why I like you, Peach Pie. I like you too, Bubbles good to see somebody who gets the misery in the world. Well, I don't like you at all. No, shut up, Rainbow. Nobody likes you. I like Bernard. Eh, fine. You like the squirrel. I don't. Goodbye, Bubbles. We're going to go be either heroes or dead now. As you leave the tent, uh, he's gonna kind of like, he just turns away from you originally is kind of sullen for a second 
And as you leave the tent, he pops out and points his finger at you. He goes, don't you go dying on me now, Peach Pie! We shall see. Where'd the whiz sleep? I don't know, somewhere in the woods. Probably just tossed on his bedroll and passed out. I don't think he's awake even right now. He's probably still up in the woods somewhere. Sleeping. Sleeping. And what time is it? I would say it's like 8 a.m. He's asleep. He'll wake up around 11. Unless someone comes to wake him up. So, uh, what does the party do? I think Peach Pie would certainly take the lead from Moonlight and Jeb. If they're ready to head back out again today, if they want to wait a little bit, yeah, he'd wait for their lead. What do you think, Jeb? Do you want to head back out the next day, or do you want to wait? Um, after we've got a rest, yeah, they're waking up. I'm ready to... I mean, everyone's kind of just waiting on us, so yeah, I think we'd want to get going. Then yeah, Peach Pie will just follow your guys' lead. I think Moonlight would go to wherever the Wiz's tent is and just, like, is that really kick the, it. The Wiz? <laughs> you can call him whatever you want. Alright. Like, noticing that he's not up yet, would just, like, go kick the tent. Just be like, well, you want to go to the tower? We're going to the tower. Let's go. Are you a bush? I'm a leshy, thank you. What tower? The Aaron Tower. The one where Kestrel and Savatri died. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, give me five minutes. Be right there. Okay. I cast Phantom Steed and stroll on over. How long does Phantom Steed last in second edition? Uh, it's like eight hours or something. Fuck yeah. That's really long. Yeah, yeah it's, be- eight, it's eight hours. At the beginning of the day, I will take my anti-plague, one of my anti-plague potions, and uh, I'll wait to take the antidote potion until later. Oh, and I did my hour of preparation or whatever. So I, I stroll out an hour and ten minutes later. <laughs> Be there in five. An hour and ten minutes later. <laughs> I'm like sitting there on their slurp just impatiently. Hey, you ready to go? Why are you sitting down? This is my mount. What else would I do on it? Stand on it? To mount? Yes. That was just a big code. Okay, let's go. All right. With that, we go. <laughs> With that, you go. The journey back for Moonlight and Jebediah is familiar. They had uh, a lot of time to take in the scenery on their way back. Moonlight still doesn't talk all the way back, unless somebody specifically talks to them. Anything you guys do want to talk about on the way in to the new people? Do the new people want to say something on the way in? I feel like the Wiz would just be telling stories about Kestrel and Sabatri, and like they don't, the stories won't make sense. It's just nonsense. But the thing is, stories about Kestrel and Sabatri that don't make sense, make sense. Yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> so I don't see anything here that says the special alchemical items I create can't be used by other people. Oh, they absolutely can be. They All right, can. who else wants an anti-plague? It lasts 24 hours. Gives What's you- it do? Plus two against all diseases. What about poisons? Yeah, we need. Yeah, I'll, I'll have another poisons. one of those. I've got another one of those. So I'll have two of each. But that one only lasts six hours. So yeah, so, Jeff, Peach Pie will give you two potions. One is an, an anti plague, one is an antidote. They're both level one. The anti plague lasts 24 hours, the antidote lasts six. So between the whiz waking up late and spending an hour and 10 minutes, I'm assuming it's getting kind of late by the time you make it there since the whiz took a bit to get going 
be getting close to dusk. You might want to have dinner soon. I feel like we should do what we did last time and stop like a mile up. If I knew how far this was, we could have woken up or left earlier. (laughs) Someone might ignore them. (laughs) Beautiful. The Tower of Aaron looms as you find your place to camp for the evening. The Aeon Stone in the night makes this firefly circling the tower. And every couple of hours, you hear rumblings of thunder coming from the direction of the tower. No lighting up of the sky, although it's a dreary day that led into a dreary night, certainly not coming from the sky. How ominous. Oh, it's the most ominous. What are we having for supper? I'm going to go get you guys some berries. (laughs) I brought rations. A 27 survival check to go get some stuff. I I eat some of that stuff and smoke my pipe. And I assume we set up a watch. Yeah, man, I'll watch. So everybody takes part in the watch then? Yeah. Who would actually trust me to do the watch? Bernard will watch with you, just in case. The night passes uneventfully, and the next morning comes. The tower, throughout the entire night, would occasionally make strange sounds. Rumblings. Sometimes more than just thunder rumbling. Sometimes you'd feel the earth rumble from back where you were. Nothing to be immediately concerned about from where you were camping. Just maybe you felt a little vibration. You weren't sure. But it's still a dreary day, and the tower looms ahead. How do you proceed? So are we going in there? That's the plan. How far away are we? We're like a mile or so, I think. Yeah, not a mile. It still looms really really big, even a mile away, but yeah, you'd be about a mile away. That was the last time I believe that's what you did. Just gonna switch to another, or prepare different spells. I guess yet again, I will hand Jeb an anti-plague and an anti-dote, and I will also take one of each myself. Unless, do I want to get one for everybody? Does everybody want one? Make the egg. Well, it depends. If I make those, I have to not make something else. I don't think I'm that worried about disease, but I am worried about poison. Yeah, the poison is is a big one. Let's. Oh, disease! You guys haven't fought the disease spider yet. Yeah, we haven't fought the disease spider yet. Let's maybe skip the anti-plague. And instead, I'll make an extra batch of antidote. Perfect. That gives me four antidotes and no anti-plague. So everybody gets an antidote, which gives you plus two versus poison for six hours. And I will take mine before I head in. Bro, this doesn't taste very good. You add, like, some mint or something. I will keep that in mind. Do we want to look around before going to the spider area? Make sure that nothing has re-inhabited anything. I will trust to the judgment of those who have already been adventurers. Point towards the bat guano room. Okay, I guess we're just <laughs> gonna go right in. You guys walk right in, get from the landing, you walk down the stairs to get to the first room, which was the initial guard room. The spiders to the south, but where are the bat guano? It's very slippery. I heed Moonlight's advice. We head south. And you hang that right from the guard room. There are no torches, no light sources, and it's dark deep into here, and it echoes as you 
go farther. Who's the first to cross the threshold of the rocks? I'll do it. You said those sconces are ever-burning torches, right? The ones that are up, yes. Moonlight's going to take this one in the upper left corner of that entrance room with the fire. Oh yeah, if it's dark in here, I I pull out a sunrod. I just cast light on my staff. I need light. As you all get closer, the lights that you have flickering on the walls, bouncing off of the white lumpy floor where the bat guano is. It can't really be seen from this side. The closer you get, you look deep in, there's skeleton down there with a dirty set of full plate armor. Is there any kind of solid object besides those rocks back there that I could use to attach a rope to? When you say those rocks back there, do you mean... Like the the big stones that we always have to pass by like every time we go through a certain areas. The, stack, oh. the stacked rocks. Stacked rocks. Um, no, those stacked rocks really are the only thing you could attach this to. Short of pounding up hitting into the floor or something. Sure. I do in fact have a hundred feet of rope so I will do exactly that since Jeb told me that the bat guano is very slippery and I can see that there's like a long drop. I will tie my two ropes together and tie one to the thing in the back. Alright. And the rope dangles into the darkness 40 feet down ends in a small pile at the bottom. Who goes first? I can descend down or whoever. You can descend down. Moonlight's going to be at the edge. And you got your climb. Ready to climb. Peach Pie will be a little bit behind Jeb on the rope. Maybe let him get 10 feet and then start going down. All right. When you get down to the bottom, Jeb, you'll be able to see this pretty easily. You have dark vision. In the far eastern corner of this room, which collapsed centuries ago, you see a messy tangle of webbing that seems to disappear at spots and reappear at others before attaching each strand across the cave wall. Peach Pie leans over to Jeb and asks, You said that this thing goes from the material plane to the ethereal plane and cannot be hit? I mean, it can be hit, but yeah, it jumps back and forth. Right. I have an idea. And he holds his his maul in one hand and draws a certain alchemical concoction from the other. The Wiz is going to go down the rope, too. He wants to go see the spider. <laughs> Imagine the Wiz just looking around and... Oh, shit, they're down the rope already. Slowly, like, shuffling down the rope. You get down to the bottom... You sit there and wait, almost expectedly. Nothing happens, though. The eastern end of the cavern, you can see several bodies of bats. Some are entangled into the eastern wall where the webbing is. Some are just strewn about the floor. Peach Pie's knees wobble in an exaggerated fashion, as if he were a clown, showing what being scared looks like. (laughs) Do you move forward? So is he or is he not scared? Unclear. Begin inching forward. Carefully. I follow like 15 feet behind. Jeb, Uh, right there next to Peach Pie or? I wait. Do we have any way to get Turtle back down here? 
she's not fucking coming. She's not going to have fair <laughs> She's smarter than us. Yeah. When the party wipes, she'll be my new character. <laughs> Continue to inch forward. Boop, 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 boop. You come up to where the skeleton covered in dust and grime. And full plate. And full plate. The wizard notices magic. Hey, there's magic somewhere. Kind of lazily point over at that armor. Is that the armor might be magical? Perhaps we shall deal with the spider first and then worry about the loot. Where is the spider? Looks around. Probably in the ethereal plane. Do you go closer to the eastern wall? Yes. As you begin to inch closer, the two large, long, spiderweb wrapped objects, likely bodies, they're being held upright in the webbing on the eastern wall. Do I recognize the bodies? They're completely wrapped. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Nothing. Where is everybody right now on the map? Slowly inching our way eastward in this pit. Yeah, I'm staying 15 feet behind. Except for Jeb, who's hanging back, I think, strategically. Yeah, or terrified. We'll say strategically. I was going to say strategically. <laughs> By the Western Wall. Well, from what Jeb remembers, it wanted, it likes to pick people out. So his plan is to not be around everyone. Speech Pie gets closer. He gets a little more nervous. And he puts away the potion and just holds his maul really tightly. Just ready to smack something. His first adventure, he's getting a little queasy. He'd like to ready action to attack if the spider pops out, but I'm not sure he can do that when we're not in combat. The wiz is going to walk over towards those two tall web-wrapped things. Okay. Try to start opening one. Peach Pie will accompany you. The webbing is wrapped tightly around the two humanoid shapes. There is magic in and around these bodies. In? Not like in. I mean, well, in the in, in yeah. the wrapped cocoons. Yeah. The butt plug. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah. Like, wrapped in and the around. The butt plug was magical. Now it was. It could vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> what sorcery is this? We should probably take them to be buried. Yeah. They deserve that. Moonlight's in the middle of the room right next to the skeleton with the full plate on the slurk. The slurk begins shifting back and forth uneasily, making distressed low moans. Hey man, I think your frog has to shit. <laughs> has the slurk ever made that noise before? Uh not not like not like this, no. It seems it seems really afraid. Does it seem to be looking in any particular direction at all, or just kind of glancing around? Glancing around, yeah. He's just glancing around. Everybody in the room, give me a perception check. Ooh, we'll start the day off with the nat one. Peach Pie gets a 26. Peach Pie is the only one that matters. Yeah, everybody else got sub-15. Peach Pie, you're kind of glancing around after mentioning to the Wiz, you look back to the Wiz and talk about you know, taking the bodies back and burying them. And you're looking at the slurk, making the weird sounds. On the other side of the slurk, Jebediah is there looking 
towards your directions, kind of staring but not trying to look at the two forms in the west, in the eastern wall. And you see the form of a large spider shimmer into existence right oh, behind Jebediah. Yes. And I need everybody to roll initiative. For revenge. At the very top of the round, the ether spider gets the drop. Oh, that's uh, bullshit. 35? Uh, Go on fuck the yourself. <laughs> with a 35 on initiative and digs their fangs into Jebediah. Oh, fuck me. You're cheating. We're going to start off round one from the Aether Spider. First attack, natural 20 on the die against Jebediah. Uh, yeah, miss. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I dodged it. Jeb, you are going to take 24 points of piercing damage. And remember, you have a plus two against the poison. Give me a fortitude save. Okay. With your circumstance bonus. 23. 23. That makes it. With the spider's second action, make a web attack against Moonlight. With a minus two because of the range increment outside of 30 feet. And gets zero, which is a critical miss. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, gonna miss. It's gonna miss. <laughs> uh, then with its third action, we'll use the grab ability on Jebediah and gets Jeb right in between its dripping fangs. Moonlight, it's your turn. Oh, I'm going to attempt to command the Slurk to move. All right, I get a 22. That does it. So I'm going to move a little bit closer. It's probably going to have a ridiculous fortitude save, but I guess we'll give this a try. So we're going to cast Grim Tendrils on it. It's going to get a 22 for its fortitude save. So that's going to succeed. So it just takes half damage. Wow. Oh, fuck me. Those are some terrible rolls. So I'm 44. I get a one, a one, a one, and a two. So that's five. Takes half half of that for two. Yeah, that's a, wow. Those are some, those are some rolls right out of the gate. Yep. That's awesome. Well then. Glad I used that spell. After Moonlight, Jebediah, there's spider fangs sticking in your shoulder, holding you in place. I will use a basic action athletics check to try to escape here. How's a 15 do me, huh? 15 does not escape. Well, then I will use a two action first level heal on myself. That's a good decision. For 15. Does he need to make any checks since he's grappled for that? Ah, you do actually have to make a flat five DC oh, yeah. check on oh, anything with a manipulate okay. trait. Yeah, uh, just roll a, a d twenty. If it's yeah, if it's five or higher, you make it. I made it with a nineteen. All I right. successfully heal myself for fifteen. Good, good. After Jebediah, Peach Pie, that spider is probably bigger than you thought it was based on the description. Yeah. So, action one. I move there with one stride action. Action two and three, I use my sudden charge, which is a two action ability, which allows me to stride twice. And if I end that stride within melee range of an enemy, I get to make a strike. 
and I can make it. I'm not raging, so this is just a regular not raging attack with my maul, which I have called the Big Top Stake Driver, because that's what it does. I use it to hammer in the stakes for the Big Top. Attack! 25 to hit. 25 hits. I deal the spider. Eight damage. That is the end of my turn. Big crunch on one of the spider's legs and reflex and looks back at Peach Pie. Then we're going to go to the wizard. It's your turn. The wizard's going to move closer and cast a ray of frost at it. Okay, so I roll a 17 and got a 27 to hit. That hits with the ray of frost. Woo! He's making up for your bad roll, Swanee. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit, but good at the same time. <laughs> uh, I rolled max damage on it, 2d4 plus 4, and I rolled two fours, so 12 damage. Crystalline ray of frost flies across the darkened cavern and hits the Aether Spider right in the carapace. It would scream, but it's muffled behind Jeb's body. That's my turn. Then after the wizard... We go back to the top of the order. Round two. It's the Ether Spider's turn. The Ether Spider is surprised by the barrage of attacks that are hitting it. It uses, it lets go of Jebediah as a free action. And it uses its first action for ethereal step. And it disappears in front of your eyes. You don't know what it does for its second and its third actions. Moonlight, it's your turn. Nothing. I mean, what is, what is there to do? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I guess I just say, maybe we should just grab the bodies and get out of here quickly. I think we should all move in a group so that it cannot pick one off. I agree with that guy. Well, you got to see the spider. You happy? <laughs> Not really. Were you expecting more? Yeah. But Moonlight... I guess for moving as a group, we'll... I'm going to move twice. Well, assuming I can get the Slurk to move twice. Yes, I do. The Slurk moves twice. Back towards Kestrel and Savatri's bodies. Jebediah. I guess that's two. My third one will be casting shield on myself. All right, yeah, Jebediah, you're up. Yeah, I'm just waiting. Okay. I've fought this thing before. I know what it does. I'm just hanging out. You should ready Ashen to attack it. It don't work like that, dude. He's too fast. <laughs> no, I've got my axe ready to swing. Let's ready. Just... All right. That's two actions, Jeb. Do you want to do anything with your third action? Nah. Nah? All right. And Peach Pie, it's your turn. So I would rage and then ready action to attack, but reading rage, you cannot voluntarily end your rage. It lasts for a minute or until there are no perceivable enemies. So I feel as though... Yeah, rage does not work that way. It would, it would go away right away. Yeah, it'd go away as soon as I can't see the spider because it says it ends when you are unable to perceive any enemies. So I'm not going to rage. Instead, I will simply spend two actions ready actioning to attack that spider should it come within my range. Posting up next to Jebediah, Peach Pie, looking around, ready to smack and whack mm-hmm. when the spider pops out. Wizard, you want to do anything? I just kind of look like behind me at the tree and then back over at the dwarf and the big clown and wondering why the fuck we're split apart in the room when we were going to group up. (laughs) 
You could move over to us. But I have this feeling if I move over to them, it's going to attack Moonlight. Because nobody listened to what Moonlight said. Because <laughs> Jeb knows it's not going to attack in groups. Well, that's fine. We're just going to get the bodies and get out of here. You try. No, this thing killed Kestrel's Roger. It will die. All it did was hit me for half my HP. I walk over by the big guys. You got even less HP switching to a wizard? This wizard's HP is ludicrously bad. <laughs> That's just wizard HP, though. How does ready action work? Two, action. two actions to gain one. To gain one that has a particular trigger. That yeah, that has a yeah. Which means you can't use it for spells. Yeah, yeah unless, unless it's a one-action spell. And yes. a very rare possibility that it's a one-action spell. I mean, you could actually use something like that to like prep tentacular limbs, for you know, for example. I cast shield on myself and then and make room. Wiz starts walking back over to the big guys. Yeah, moonlight's getting eaten. See you guys. We'll come get you. At the top of the round, moonlight, you look back. It's hard to take your eyes away from these two sh- shapes that are in front of you on the eastern wall. As you look back towards your party, Jeb and the two newcomers, your sight is obstructed suddenly by the spider as it appears right next to you and sinks its fangs into you, or at least tries. Gets a 21 to hit. That'll hit. Moonlight will take nine points of piercing damage and will need to give me a fortitude save. So this is plus two? Yep. Big ol' 18. And 18 fails. You will take 1d6 points of poison damage, which is two. And you are also clumsy one. That's its turn, though. It does not disappear again. And it does not take hold of you. Moonlight. So it's right in front of me? Oh, yeah. I don't know what to do. Stand here in a corner against a giant fucking spider. <laughs> I wish the spell would work, but I don't think it crosses. It says one living creature. A spider can't laugh, so I don't see how that would be. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It just says one willing creature. I swear the spell had a like a language thing. Which spell? Idiot's laughter. Targets one living creature. Yep. That's it for whether or not it affects it. I mean, it has the emotion, enchantment, and mental traits. So if you were fighting something that was immune to it, you know, any one of those things, we'd be talking differently. But the spider is not immune to those things. You know, we're going to have some fun. We're going to give it a try. It's probably going to succeed. It's a, it's a save or nothing spell, basically. So. Okay, well, the ether spider gets an 18 on the will save against hideous laughter. So it fails. It is slowed one and can't take reactions. Nice. nice. Okay. Now, when it fails, it can't use reactions, and it's slowed one. How long does that last for? Uh, it is sustained, so as long as I sustain it. All right. Then it doesn't say anything about getting additional will saves each round, so... It doesn't. What if it's in a different plane? I don't know if that matters. Yeah, it's mad it. magic. Yeah, really it runs away with us, and for the rest of their life, Moonlight uses an action to sustain an, an action per turn, per <laughs> per turn to for six seconds, just to fuck with that spider for decades. Oh, and the leshies live. They're plants, fucking. They're trees. 
for hundreds of years, centuries. I mean, Moon Knight's gotta sleep eventually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, Please make it one really bad day. <laughs> I guess third action, I'm gonna cast you. Well then, the spider begins laughing. Can I um, imagine it's just this terrible sound? <laughs> which, yeah, you imagine a spider laughing in the first place, but uh, I have to check something here real quick. Wiz, you hear from across the room, It's looking at its friends! <laughs> what a dick. Jebediah, it's your turn. I'm sick of this fucking spider. I'm <laughs> right here. And I cast Sudden Bolt. What kind of range does that thing have? 60 feet. Nice. Alright, succeeds. But the spider gets a 24 on its reflex save against Sudden Bolt, which is a regular success. Woo! Solid rolls, though. I deal 32 damage, but it resisted with the success. So 16 electricity damage right to the ugly laughing spider face. And then after Jebediah, Peach Pie, it's your turn. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing that I did last time. I'm going to move 25 and then spend two actions to do sudden charge again and get up on the bitch and attack it. So you're doing Barbarian Alchemist? Is that what I'm getting? Barbarian with the Alchemist dedication, yep. Dedication, okay. Yep. 24 to hit. That hits. I deal it another eight damage. Smash the spider and it squeals, but it keeps laughing. After Peach Pie, the wizard, it's your turn. Well, I'm going to drop a flaming sphere on it using Reach spell for all three actions. Reach is to... Oh, so you don't have to move. Yeah, I don't want to move. I like being next to the dwarf. Fair enough. He looks sturdy. Then oh, the... it rolled. There got a 20, which is my save. What a dick. Yep. Re- the Ether Spider gets a 20 on its reflex save. Elsa only rolled a 5, though, to get that. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, no damage. No damage with the Flaming Sphere. And we're going to go back to the top of the, the order, where it's the Ether Spider's turn. Who's slowed the one, Ether's, bitch. The Ether Spider is slowed one, which means its first action is spent laughing. For its second action, it will make a fang attack against Peach Pie. All right. He's up at his grill and hitting him. He gets a 21 to hit. That does hit. We'll deal Peach Pie 10 points of piercing damage. Okay. And Peach Pie needs to give me a fortitude save. All right, will do. It's a 23. 23 saves. With its third action, it will grab Peach Pie. Okay. Then after the Ether Spider. I think I need to make our fortitude roll or something for my poison. Mm-hmm. Is that plus two on every roll or just like one roll? Yeah, every poison check. Six every hours. poison check for yep. six hours. Get a 20. A 20 is not enough to save. Your, your damage for this round, the second stage of the poison, you take 10 points of poison damage. And you are now clumsy two and slowed one. Well, that fucks me. Yeah, it kind of does. Is there anything I can do on my turn to try to get rid of the poison? Probably I believe not. there's a treat pro- poison action. It's a medicine skill action. You gotta pee on yourself. 
Medicine trained actions. Treat disease, treat poison, treat wounds. So that would really be the only thing you could do, aside from what you're doing. Even then, though, the is it antitoxin, David? Uh, it's called antidote. Probably an item bonus. Yeah, it's an item bonus. Never mind. So they would stack. Circumstance for treat poison and the antidote's item bonus. I'm not trained, so it doesn't matter. I will use my first action to sustain. Well, actually, I will lose my first action. Second action, sustain. Third action, cast shield again. Jebediah, it's your turn. I will use two of my actions to get next to my buddy, my new buddy, Peach Bell. I guess we're not new buddies, but... Peach Pal. <laughs> my Peach Pal. And I'll strike him with the mighty War Axe and get a 29. That hits. My damage dices are nice. Max that damage on that. Yeah, 15 damages. You slice deep into the Aether Spider. Right where the Thunderbolt hit him. Scorched and sliced. And that's uh, my three actions. I'm a wizard, you hear as the spiders laughing about the tree crying over its friends he goes ah my sides both from the pain and from the laughing <laughs> what language is it speaking you'll have to ask the wiz okay oh wait it is speaking a language yeah yeah that's why i keep saying you're the only one that understands it no the wiz and ted have not caught on to that at all <laughs> After Jebediah, it's Peach Pie's turn. Yeah, so um, drop my maul. One action to draw a uh, certain potion from my bandolier. I will make a flat check to succeed at this manipulate action. I roll an 18 on that flat check, so I do succeed on the manipulate action to draw it and take it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, That potion was called Bestial Mutagen. So I now gain a Bite and Claw attack. Specifically took it in case I got grappled. So we will make a Bite attack at this guy. Well, I roll a natural 20. Nice. That is a critical hit. So that's going to be 15 damage from the Bite. 15 damage. I I can't even... I'm trying to fathom the, the picture of it's it's nightmare fuel it is you know like like depressively depressed paint on peach pie drinks a potion and grows giant fangs giant fangs and giant claws and then just chomps into the spider sinks them into the spider is it alive the the spider fizzles and it collapses i spit out the very poor tasting whatever it was that got into my mouth it, did, it it is gross. It is just spider goop. Man, I was going to talk to it. <laughs> so that's what this new group does. Deal so damage. I'm just going to like take a step back and try to like calm down my friend here. <laughs> I just saw him try to eat a spider. <laughs> like, for, for a minute, because this, this potion lasts a minute, you are muted and lasts a minute, you are seeing a six and a half foot tall clown wearing a breastplate and has giant fangs and giant claws but I'm not raging so I'm not like scared like in that way out of control just I can imagine that would be a very freaky looking thing (laughs) 
Poor Moonlight is pretty damaged. Moonlight actually is going to have to make another fortitude save. You've got oh, shit. four of these left. Moonlight gets a 17 and fails their save. That's going to take you one step farther down. Moonlight, you're going to take 3d6 poison damage. Jeez. As you increase the Sage 3. 10 points of poison damage. Moonlight's not looking very good. You are now clumsy 3 and slowed 2. We need to toss some heals on Moonlight. Everybody gets one action or one round to try to help Moonlight out as Moonlight's that puncture that goes right into Moonlight's branches, right? Probably it gets a, a, a thick spot right above what would be Moonlight's shoulder. And it's oozing this like black ichor, but it has swirls of this bright green, almost neon green venom. So I will walk up and do a medicine check, AKA nature check. Are you gonna battle medicine or treat poison? I'll treat poison, granting you a bonus if done successfully. It is a success, and that's going to give Moonlight a plus two to the next save. Going to be also on jumping with a heal, or the treat poison the only thing we can do on this round? Um, yeah, I can run up and try and battle medicine, just to try and help shore up some hit points. Yeah, so we'll do that. We'll throw a battle medicine. Ooh! I'm going to use my hero point because I rolled a nat one and I don't want to make it worse. So, yeah, let's not. You, you kill Moonlight. <laughs> yeah, let's not kill Moon Knight right as we get back into this, yeah? There we go. 17. That succeeds. You gain eight. And there's nothing else I can do. And that's going to go take us up back to Moonlight. You're going to get another, make another save. Got two circumstance from the treat poison from Jebediah and two from the... I get a 28. There you go. That's going to reduce you down to the second stage of the poison, which still does 2d6 points of damage. You're going to take six points of poison damage. All right, we got two more saves to go. Are we going to get another treat poison from Jeb? Maybe Jebediah? you should. Maybe you should do. Can you just heal Moonlight, and then I'll do a treat poison? Yeah, let me heal this man here or this tree for 11 mm. points of HP. Right. Heal spell. Then without the treat poison assistance I'll, no, I'll do make... the treat poison. Uh, uh, oh. I'll do the treat poison. Got it. Go ahead. I succeed? No. With no. Is it 20? Oh, it's 20 for no, the treat poison. It's the poison's DC. It's the poison's, oh, poison's DC. DC. That's right. That's which right. is pretty damn high. Sorry, I fail. That's okay. It's not a critical failure. Well, you ready for that second to last fortitude save? 19. 19. I'm just going to die. Go unconscious. <laughs> That's going to put you back to stage three. Nine more poison damage to Moonlight. Jeez. Back to Clumsy Three, slowed two. Moonlight, got anything you do with one action? Not really with like without a potion in your hand. Yeah, no. All right. Then Jeb, how do you want to help? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the turtle thing again. We're just doing everything we can to try and save turtle. Now it's moonlight. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll just use a big boy heal just to make sure they don't fall. 24 HP. That's nice. It's a big heal toss right at moonlight. All right. And then, then we'll treat poison as well. I suppose you could do both. Yeah, you do the treat, but you're much better at it. 
beach behind us. Tree poison from Jeb. All right, success. 21 actually isn't success with this. Oh, I thought you said it was 20, sorry. No, yeah, it's this particular poison's save DC. 21 does not make it. Jeez. All right, then last fortitude save, Moonlight. Last? Oh, it eventually just fades away. Yeah, probably has duration. Poison. Oh, there we go. That one. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That would reduce it from stage three directly to stage one. You are still going to take 1d6 points of poison damage. And of course, I roll a six. (laughs) Six more points of poison damage as the last of the ether spider venom drains out of your system. Fuck this thing. Goodness. It was a pain in the ass all the way around, wasn't it? It was. A tree, all done. All done trying to not die? Yes. Yeah. I, I believe so. Well, congratulations. You have defeated the Ether Spider. But the Aaron Tower isn't cleared yet. We here at MinMax want to thank you, our friends and fellow adventurers, for joining us. If you'd like more information about MinMaxed, please visit our website, MinMax.com, join our Discord, and come hang out with us and other great adventurers. And if you'd like to support us, check out our Patreon. We would really appreciate it. We'll see you again next week with our new group of adventurers, Jeb, Moonlight, Peach Pie, and The Wizard. Until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.